As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's run. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite show from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooder. Shoots, how are we tonight? Doing great. Good week. Heat wave finally broke. Thank finally God. Finally feel like I can get out of the house and, uh, and not feel like I'm going to die in the 10 feet that it takes me to walk to my car. Yeah, it was brutally hot to the point where I felt guilty because I couldn't really take my dog out and he sits there and stares at me really really sad and it breaks my heart but like on one hand my dog's disappointed in me but you do not know the wrath of walking by a family or somebody driving their car and sees you walking your dog on a day that's like 98 degrees they look at you so disgustingly like oh my god you animal abuser, like, get your dog inside. So it's like a rock in a hard place. My poor dog is miserable, but I can't take him anywhere because it's too hot. So we got to go, like, early in the morning or, like, late at night. So it's just, you know, you guys get it. It's good to see that you're not practicing what we see on Bravo with those dogs. I mean... Oh, horrible dog management and yeah, training? Yeah, your, your dog is very well trained. Thank you. Something you don't see in pretty much any of these shows. We saw it on Southern Charm. I mean, we're going to talk about Southern Charm a lot tonight, but Vanita's dog, sit. Nope. Like, are these people so busy that they just don't have time to take care of their dogs? I don't you, understand that. My honest theory, like, genuinely feel that these people buy dogs for camera appeal. And then, no, they really don't give a fuck. They're like, oh, you know what would be cute on TV with me? A little dog. That would be adorable. But they don't take into account, like, it's a living thing that you need to pay attention to and train and it, or else it's going to eat all of your food. It's going to eat all your food. It's not yep. going to sit when you tell it to. It's going to cause a ruckus. It, like You think that I make jokes about this because I think it's funny. I genuinely get agita when I'm watching these fucking shows and these dogs are running rampant. It's not hard to take time. If you're going to take the time to purchase a dog or adopt a dog, take the time to train your dog. Like it, It's just common courtesy. And by the way, this is how I feel about poorly trained dogs, I feel like it's a direct reflection of the owner. So if you have a poorly trained dog, I think less of you as a person. Yeah, so, we're, we're really off to a bang here. <laughs> Good. Get you going on a Evening. long tangent. Well, it pisses me off. It's not fair to the dog. I genuinely, that's how I feel in my heart of hearts. That's fair. Let's start this episode off by saying we're once again going to do things a little bit differently. We did this a couple of weeks ago because Shooter was an asshole and decided to go on vacation with his family. And so to get back at him, I'm going on vacation with my family. Yeah, that's exactly why you're going. No, my daughter's in town. We're going to go down to the shore. We're going down Wildwood. We're going to hit the boards. You know, might get some Sam's, maybe some, you know, curly fries with some vinegar on them bad boys. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, you know what you're not going to hear me do? I'm not going to put you down for going on vacation. I push you out the door. Go for it. Have a good time. I hope you come back nice and refreshed next week and ready to tackle two episodes of Beverly Hills. We will have two Rob Huzz for you next week, but this week our main focus is going to be Southern Charm. I have a lot to say about this week of Southern Charm. 
we're going to recap Dubai a little bit. We haven't been to Dubai in a while. You know, we kind of took a step back. It wasn't really tickling our fancy, as they say. That's putting it lightly. I, I thought that that show stunk on ice. You you dislike it more than I do. I do not like it, but you're further out on it than I am. Yeah, and it wasn't so bad going back and watching, you know, a couple episodes that I'd missed or I've seen bits and pieces of, so I didn't really bother. My girlfriend still watches it. She's the one who was telling me, like, are you guys ever going to get back into Dubai? Because it's actually kind of okay now. It's She's not saying that it's good by any means. But, I mean, in a week like this, let's fill some gaps. Let's catch up on Dubai and just see. Maybe some people out there are waiting for it. So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll recap that. Um, but, again, we'll be back next week with the double Rob Huh. Um, but, you know, as per usual, crazy week. Lots of really good feedback from you guys, our listeners. And I really wanted feedback this week because I kind of tried to put you on blast. Yeah. And it didn't really work out that well. No, it was great, honestly. I mean, this is what we want. We want our viewers, our listeners to have different opinions. And that's you know, what we're up here for. We don't no, do... No, we don't, whoa, don't speak for well, us. Hold on. We, <laughs> we don't play the game where... Even if Steele and I agree on something, we're just going to, all right, you're going to take this side. I'm going to take this side just because it makes for good podcasting. We genuinely believe the takes that we have and the opinions that we have. So when we bring it to the audience and we say, what do you guys think? Like, wh- who are you backing on this one? It's nice to see that it is, while it wasn't 50-50, it was like 60-40. It's nice to see that I had some backing because Steele made me feel like a real asshole last <laughs> week for not enjoying Ultimate Girls Trip. And I really didn't enjoy it. And there were a lot of you out there that, also felt the same way that I did. Yeah. So it completely backfired on steel. It, I don't know if it completely backfired. It didn't go as poorly for you as I'd hoped because there was a lot of support. And to my previous point, don't speak for us. If you are a listener and you're not on my team, you're wrong. And I don't, I don't care if you comment. I want to see my supporters. So steel stand, stand up, baby. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> we usually save questions and shit for the end of the show, but this question came with a video. Um, so I wanted to just tackle it like in the beginning. So from Magnolia Bell Gatlin, um, she sent us a story. It was Madison LaCroix golfing and she <laughs> was uh, driving off the tee box and her swing was pretty good. Like, she fucking piped one right down the fairway. Like, it was pretty impressive. So, she asked if we could give our thoughts on Madison versus Austin's swing. Oh. Um, Who would you rather on, like, a four-man scramble? Would you rather Madison or Austin on your team? After seeing both of their swings. Austin, still. Really? Yeah, because a four-man scramble, everybody's got a role. At the very least, Austin's role can be to bring free beer. So I'll take that. He's you're taking Austin for the beer guy. Yep. Fuck that. I'm taking Madison. Her so I again. This has, this send- has. I was just gonna say this is no reflection of how I feel about Madison as a person. I am a winner. I am a champion. I want the fucking gold, baby. I want to go out there and kick the shit out of you and your team. And for that, I want the better golfer. And from what I saw. One, she clearly takes the time and puts in the practice to have a decent swing, whereas Austin rolls up to the country club that he seemingly belongs to and says, I haven't golfed in a while. So 
there's just a work ethic factor that's intangible. You can't teach mm-hmm. that shit. Madison's got that that it factor. I want that on my team. Two, just swing fundamentals, period. She has a smoother swing than Austin does, in my opinion. I will say there is one caveat. When you watch Tiger Woods play with his son, and they do the pro, or the not the pro-am, but the father-son tournament, they usually take his son's drive because he gets to play from the tees that are further up. Mm-hmm. Madison can play from the women's tees, so she might be able to put one out there a little bit further than we can hit from our tees. All right. You're talking me into that. Yeah, so we're both golfing with Madison, and Austin can still bring us free beer. Uh, five hours with Madison sounds dismal. I'll ride in your cart with you, buddy. That's fine. We can All be right. cart bros. Yeah, it might affect my game, though. Fuck you. What does that mean? You're going to be disappointed with her out there. She's going to bring me down. She's just going to drag the team down? Bum me out and manipulate every one of my emotions. What happens in this scenario in which we win the tournament... Madison saves the day with a great chip and putt on 18. We'd never hear the end of it. Well, no, you didn't let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) In this scenario, there's like a big like Caddyshack moment, like the end of the movie where everyone's jumping and cheering and Madison saved the day. And you're just like, wow, she did it. She's awesome. And now you're best friends. Scene. Yeah, I don't, I just can't foresee. No, scene. Can't foresee. I said scene. It's over. Maybe, you know, if we get enough listeners and enough credibility in the Bravo world, we can somehow set up a golf outing. Yeah, Bravo golf outing. That's now my goal. My goal originally was to do a live show. Like, that's all I want to do. I think that would be the coolest fucking thing ever is to do a live show. But second on that list now is a golf outing with Madison and Austin and whomever else. I do feel like if it was a Bravo golf outing, if we don't wear Teresa's fucking clothing... She's going to say that our ass looks jiggly. So I don't know what to do about that. Should we wear Teresa's yoga pants to the golf outing? You know, I'd feel pretty free. I, we'd, we'd be aerodynamic as hell. Yep. We'd finish the round faster than everybody. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. Gliding through the course. Also, um, for any of you that are in the San Diego area, we are taking a little trip out to the West Coast to go see Tom Sandoval and the most extras on September 11th um, in San Diego. So if you're out there and you want to either meet the Brav Bros or see Tom Sandoval, I would imagine much more would be for the latter. I think it's 50-50 now. That's a bold fucking statement. Who doesn't want to hang out with us? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, Enough people listen every week. Well, if you're in San Diego and you want to rock out with us and Tom Sandoval, <laughs> come on out. We will see you there. Yeah. But um, let's get into some of the news we got this week. Uh, I want to start off with some shit, literally. Um, Leah McSweeney was allegedly kicked out of the country of Thailand for throwing elephant shit at a cast member during their filming. Now... Did you watch Roni with Leah in it? I did. I caught uh, probably about a season and a half with Leah in it. She, I don't think that I had the appropriate amount of time to like get warmed up to the people there. She was okay, though. She seemed like one of the more relatable people. I didn't mind her. I was actually kind of surprised that she didn't get asked back. Yeah, and, and to your point about, I guess we can call it uh, Elephant Dungate. I have to shorten that. Dungate. Dungate. She says, no, I didn't do that, but it would be great if I did. It would be iconic if I did. But there are still, I mean, the report started off with her being like physically 
escorted from the set of Ultimate Girl Strip 3. Mm-hmm. So if that still holds up, and she didn't say anything about that. She just said that she didn't throw any elephant poop. Yeah, she did not address why she was being led away. So, and there's no pictures of her like after that point. Was there the fecal matter in the picture? Uh, that I, who knows, but we still got to get to the the core of why she left. Either she left or she had to be removed for some reason or another. And we'll find out. But I do like getting a bit of information. Now, it's not going to be like how Beverly Hills, they just like let out an entire episode like a week before. And we were like, okay, what else are we going to watch now? So I do like getting a little bit of information, kind of like warming up to these people, figuring out, you know, what, what's going on with them before we get the show. So I am excited about the show while Ultimate Girl Strip 2, I thought was a clunker. That's fucking, I'm not, you can't call it a clunker. Clunker. I'm not going to hold ex-wives club against the third one whatever they're going to call it thailand i think they're just calling it ultimate girl strip three but i'm not going to hold it against it i'm, I'm going to go into it um you know with some bright eyes you're going to take Steele's southern charm approach as i call it trying to be i don't think you had that approach with southern charm you went into it knowing that you didn't like i did go into it with like genuine unbiased like i really tried my hardest to not hold these things against these people but i will say as soon as these things like started popping up again and they reminded me why i hated the show originally like it was hard to to stay unbiased. I will admit that. But yeah, anyway. and I don't think I mean we don't get that with the Ultimate Girl Strip because there's a lot of other relationships that either don't exist, and then you get to see how they become friends or or don't. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go into it completely open minded. I'm excited for it. I like Leah, and I will say, given some of her past behaviors, like some of her drunken escapades on the show. And I don't know if she's drinking again because she was sober uh, before filming. Then she was sober after filming. So I'm not sure where she is on that. But I will say some of her escapades, if you want to call them that, she was throwing tiki torches naked in the backyard. Like she's known for throwing shit. So maybe she literally this time threw shit. I kind of hope she did. I, I hope this too. is just her response to it is just to throw us off the trail. Could you imagine though getting kicked out of a country for throwing like elephant shit? I, I mean, we see it with, and we'll get into it with Dubai, but like other countries have different rules and different laws and things that you can and can't do. So it's not quite as free as what we see on the housewife shows unless they go to a different country. So you got to keep those things in mind. But I would, for one, love to see that unfold and then also see her getting escorted off by security. I have been, side note, to a horse shit throwing contest in in some like small town in one of the Carolinas, I think. It was like a county fair, and one of the events was literally they would pick up dried up like cow shit, and they would throw it. It's like a javelin? Like a discus. Like see how far it goes? Yeah, exactly. Oh. So... How does that work? If it all falls apart. Well, no. Just... Like if they... I'm, I apologize to my listeners for this, but if it sits around long enough, it, it firms up pretty good. It's kind of like throwing out like a soft rock. Can we gamble on this? Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. I'm in. <laughs> Bra bros. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Ultimate Girls Trip, we got another one of our girls back in the league, baby. Taylor Armstrong is back. She signed a contract. She's coming not back to her original franchise, though. She is the first ever housewife to switch cities. She's headed out to Orange County. Is that true? First ever housewife? To First ever. Cities? Yeah, wow. she is in the record book. Now, it came out later. This um, leaked early, or I, I don't even know if it leaked, but they announced that she was coming back. 
we find out later she's coming back on a friend of contract. It's kind of bullshit, honestly. If you if you think about it, and I'm not going to harp on my gripes about Ultimate Girls Trip, but Taylor didn't do anything good. I mean, she brought up things from like 15 years ago and threw that in random people's faces. I just don't think that she did anything at all to remotely gain another contract on an actual show. Maybe she comes back for another Ultimate Girls Trip or some sort of segue to that. But Vicky was the one who wanted to come back as a friend of. Yeah. This is her series, her franchise. They didn't bring Vicky back. And it's so funny because if you go back to like listen to us or you go back to episode one of Ultimate Girls Trip, I think it was probably like episode three or four for you and I. We hated Vicky and we were like, get her off the screen, get her off the screen. By the end of it, I'm like, she could actually bring something to the table on an actual franchise. And they just shunned her and brought back a dud. See, I said that I started to sympathize with Vicky at the end. I did not say that I think she should be back on the show. But do you think Taylor should be back on the show? No, I don't. I We agree on that. The whole Taylor signing was, that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I I felt the same way. I thought she didn't bring a ton to the table. And I thought that between her and Jill, like they were the thirstiest ones there. Obviously Jill was like a level up, but when Taylor brought up that shit from 15 years ago, that Brandy had already squashed that moment for me was like the nail in the coffin. I was like, Oh, she's trying way too hard. She's not been interesting. She's, she's very blah. Like she was very vanilla for the, 99% 99% of the show. So I was surprised to see her get a contract. Now, when she was announced as a friend of, that makes sense. Now, did they see something? Is there some projectability there? You know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe they saw some glimpses. Like, ah, let's give her a shot. I don't know. I, I think it's a bad move. But as far as Ultimate Girls Trip goes, like power rankings, I actually had her dead last. I had her, I will say, honestly, I had her below Vicky. I had her below. I had her below everybody. But Vicky was second to last. I had Jill second to last. Oh no! Vicky. But Jill, Jill's like a moot point. Like I don't think yeah. she's even in the equation. But like exactly, she's fucking she's... Andy had like a little quip about Jill, where he's like, he announced that Taylor was back in OC, and then he was like, and Jill Zarin just bought up properties in Orange County, New York, Dubai, Atlanta. Like he acknowledged that she was the thirstiest of them all. So I don't think she needs to even be discussed as far as like bringing people back. No. But Vicky was second to last. Like, did I see some redemption throughout her story? Yeah. For this small of a story arc, like that was fine for me. I don't need to see more of the, the Vicky drama, mainly because in her moments where she did shine a little bit, like, yeah, she was pretty good. Like, I'll give her that. But the in-between time, like the downtime, she was so not good and so boring and didn't do anything whatsoever to drive the story forward. She didn't really stir up any shit. Like she just stayed in her fucking room. Now I've already given her some sympathy, like with the COVID shit. But if this was your like big chance, like she didn't bring it, like she didn't do enough for me to even consider Vicky. I thought she did enough to show you in those moments that she did Maybe she didn't shine, but she did enough in certain moments that I think could qualify her as a friend of. If we that's, base it off of the Taylor that's sign, all I'm then doing. yeah, all, I agree. All I'm doing is a friend of. I'm not even saying like anyone, because I really don't think that any of them deserve full housewife Disagree. roles. Okay. But <laughs> I, yeah, I had, I had Taylor dead last. And yeah, Jill, 
I didn't think she seemed super thirsty on the show necessarily, but Andy obviously knows way more and maybe she's thirsty behind the scenes. Fine, whatever. She's I don't need to see her either. But Taylor's the last one that I would expect to see on a show and to see her pop up as a friend of when Vicky was the one who was like, yeah, I'd, I'd come back in a friend of capacity. I thought she did enough that she can do her downtime away off screen, not part of it. But she could do a friend of and pop in and be a little funny and do a couple of things. Whereas Taylor is not going to do any of that. She's just going to be annoying probably. Well, especially as a friend of like, she doesn't have that much time on the screen to bring. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird move. I, I just didn't see it happening. I don't think it was necessary. And... I think with OC in particular, like at this point, it's a down franchise. They're not performing well. Maybe they're grasping at straws where like ultimate girls trip Two did well, like critically. It, that's a loose term, but you know, it, people watched it. So maybe they're just basing it off of, okay, well they watched it. She was serviceable here and then we can change it up and we'll send her out to California and like really mix shit up. Like maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's a bold strategy. Good for her. Me. If that's what she wanted. I'm not like in the business of just like putting them down. If this is what they wanted to do and they got it good for them. I'm just speaking from like a viewership standpoint. I just don't think she did enough to earn anything whatsoever. That's, I mean, it's fair. I, it's definitely fair. I, I actually agree with you there. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest news of the week comes from one of our OG franchises, Roan J, New Jersey. Um, we got a lot of rumors coming out. Um, we got some receipts coming out. They're in the midst of filming. I think I saw a post today that they're wrapping up the finale tonight. Like they're finishing filming tonight. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm yeah, I'm stoked to recap that. Like that's probably what I'm most that and Potomac are my two most excited for. But um, the whole drama is between Marge and her old friend Laura, who is now on the show. She is a cast member, I guess. And um, Marge came out with this like long text that she sent to the whole group saying like <laughs> not trying to be too housewifey pretty much or not trying to be too much of a real housewife but we have a snake in the group like this woman's not who she she says she is like she's a beast and then we get like a little story about um there was like an insider that was on the plane back from Dublin I guess they took a cast trip out there and everyone else was kind of like key keying together. They were kind of talking, getting clicky. And Laura was by herself in the back whilst Marge was talking shit about her. She was saying to the other girls on the trip, like, I don't like how they're filming us. I don't like how they're filming our scenes. Like, I don't want to be involved with her. I don't want to be around her. And now there's all these rumors coming out from other people saying that there's like past drama. There's a bunch of shit. I, I guess this Laura girl's got like some actual dirt on Marge Jr. That seems to be the general consensus. Interesting. Yeah. That she, they were like childhood friends or they'd just been friends for a very long time to where you would know some shit about that person. And so now people are claiming that she's trying to keep Laura off the show because she doesn't want her dirty laundry getting aired out. That's fair. And, and the way that I kind of looked at this story, I thought there were two things that, that you talked about that I thought were very funny was in the group chat when she said, you know, I don't want to be too housewifey with this. And I thought it was funny that they they're self-aware of, all right, this is drama that is usually pertained to the show. I'm doing this like off screen on a text message. 
So it, you know, brought a little question mark in my head, like, all right, how much of this are they actually working up in the show? Like, are they all like this at this point? Or are they just putting on the facade of housewifey? So that's why I think it's kind of funny. Like to see them put that in text was very funny to me. And the other part was breaking the fourth wall, them talking on the plane ride back from Dublin, Marge saying, you know, I don't really like the way that I'm being filmed. I don't like the way that this is happening. She can kind of see the writing on the wall of how this is going to be edited together and how it's going to look. Now, I'm interested to see how it's going to look next year when the the season comes out. See what the dynamic is. See, you know, which allegiances are where and stuff like that. But it is always funny to me because they're reality stars and they are self-aware. They know what's going on and they know how the show works. So when they break that fourth wall and they start talking about it, it's always very funny to me. No, I agree. It's kind of like you you see a like a method actor break character and like, oh, you are a real person behind this. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe some of this shit is fake. It's, yeah. And you start to wonder, like, how much of this is fake? Is this like pro wrestling fake? I don't think it's that far. I think at the end of the day, it is relatively real. But I think there are some things that they play up and they're very aware. They're very aware of it. Well, I mean, that's proof right there that they're aware of it but i another interesting point of all this is people are also saying and i got this from dev my life um was telling me that over the years people have said like don't fuck with marge like don't get on marge's bad side and now it seems to be that marge might have a little say in how things are cast like who's on the show like she might have a little more input than maybe we had thought like in my mind if anyone's making decisions around the casting or anything like that, it's Teresa. Like that makes sense to me. Now, Marge Jr. Having a say in all that, that was a little bit surprising, but that would make sense. Like, yeah, don't fuck with Marge. She'll get you off the fucking show. It is funny to think about it like that because like, I've never thought about that. I, I agree with you with if anything's going to go, anything's going to happen in Jersey, anything's going to update, whether it's a new castmate or, you know, a new storyline or whatever that it's going to run through Teresa. But now that I'm actually sitting here thinking about it, I think Teresa's too far gone, like out of her mind for Bravo to even trust her with those types of things. You think that they recognize like maybe she's not the right one to make yeah, these decisions? Because I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen in that show? If Teresa, I mean, seemingly in every episode, she does run the show, but Behind the scenes, is that a safe bet? Probably not. She's a loose cannon. She she reacts instantly. Yeah. So, like, then you start thinking about, all right, like, who's a little more pulled back from it but still present? It's going to be Marge, probably. Like, I can't see any of the other women in that show being the one that Bravo kind of leans on to, all right, we're going to do this next year. We're going to do this next year. It has to be Marge. So that does make a lot of sense to me. And the more you're saying it, the more it's kind of sounding like a... Pretty reasonable, and even more so because of the other part of all of this is a lot of things are coming out saying that Marge has been edited very gracefully. Like, they've really taken care of her as far as the editing of this show goes. And based on your theory that you just presented... That makes total sense. Like, if she hasn't more of a say, they're going to be kinder with how they're editing and portraying her. So, wow. Yeah, and I do think that, like, out of the two of them, who's going to pop off more in, like, an inside fashion, like, to the execs at Bravo, Bravo, it's probably going to be Marge. Like, if they painted her in a a rougher light, 
she's going to be the one that takes offense to it. Oh, yeah, Junior they, would speak up. Yeah, but they if they put Teresa in a bad light, I think Teresa's going to be like, well, fuck it. I don't care. This is how I feel. That is how I feel. I just did. She, like She wears her emotions on her sleeve. Yeah, she would say, I'm right. You're wrong. Fuck yeah, you. Exactly. So it makes more sense for them to kind of paint her in a better picture, kind of keep her under wraps, and then use her to kind of push storylines or do this or that. So it is interesting like to sit down here and think about how the inner workings and the backstory does work for these shows. And I wonder if we could do that with every show. We should do that as a segment one time. Just sit here and be like, all right. Try to figure out the hierarchy, like the actual yeah. behind the scenes. Like who really is the head bitch in charge? Yeah. And apparently it might be Marge. Which is tough. Junior. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll have Jun- to see. Junior is a good Don name. <laughs> <laughs> Just Junior. Yeah, Junior. My friends call me Marge. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last thing we have, um, again, ultimate girls trip centric is I guess there was either rumors or requests from Phaedra herself, but that she might be going to Dubai and made more realistic by Taylor going to another city as well. And Ion and Lisa did not care for this idea. No, and and I think I think Ion and Lisa are it could go one of two ways. I mean, Phaedra is, she's pretty polarizing. And I think that you would get a lot of people that support her from her days in Atlanta to then watch Dubai. And I mean, the self-awareness thing comes back up. Like I get where Ion and Lisa are, where they're like, we're trying to build something here. We don't want your rejects from other shows to pop on here because we don't want to be a joke. Like we feel like we're building something good here in reality. They're not building something good here. It's kind of stagnant. It's kind of boring. Throw Phaedra into the mix. Maybe it's a little bit better, but we need like Atlanta Phaedra. We don't need Ultimate Girl Strip Phaedra because Ultimate Girl Strip Phaedra was pleasing everybody and making jokes. We don't need that for this show. Wow. No, I I could not disagree more. I think that we need Ultimate Girl Strip Phaedra here. She One, she's on a hot streak. Like Whether you want to admit it or not, People responded really well to Phaedra on Ultimate Girl Strip. You can tell by all of the memes. You can tell by all the reposts. Like, just because you're an idiot doesn't mean <laughs> that everyone else didn't recognize greatness when they saw it. And well, no, I, I think that she was good. Again, I think she was good. I just think that who she was in Atlanta was way different than who she was on Ultimate Girl Strip. Yeah, and we saw that immediately in the clips. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, you're riding... And I would love to pull up the numbers, and maybe we'll do that later. But um, I would, I'm imagining that they're riding the wave of Ultimate Girls Trip too. Like they must have had a really good viewership, and they must have tested. I, I guarantee that Bravo has tests on how these women score, like individually. Yeah. And I imagine that they tested Phaedra. She must have tested really well, and they're like, you know what, Dubai's not doing well. Let's get Phaedra in the mix. People love her. We're changing things up. It's Phaedra in a new city, Phaedra with a new cast. Like, it's a second chance for Phaedra entirely. And the people are going to be on Phaedra's side. Like, people will watch. They'll at least tune in to that first episode to watch Phaedra again. And if she doesn't perform well, if the show doesn't do well with that one episode, then yeah, they're going to be like, fuck, it didn't work. But you know that she's going to draw people in. And face it, like, the self-awareness thing, like you said... The girls of Dubai should be self-aware enough to be like, maybe this is a good idea. And I just, I think that 
I can't see Ion doing that at any time. Though. Absolutely not. You're I mean, she's so self, self-absorbed that there's no chance in hell. No, because you know why? The biggest reason is then Phaedra would be center stage. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and you really can't, like, we talked about it, like, all right, they're pining for their existing roles when we were going through this. But we didn't think about, all right, maybe we'll send them to a different housewife show. Maybe we'll set them up somewhere else, like Taylor being a friend of in a different city. Yeah, you can't send Phaedra back to Atlanta. Like, we get that. She's, there's a lot of unresolved beef there. Yeah, she burned every bridge there. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, you pick the lowest on the pole. But I don't know. I just don't know if you do that with a new city, a new franchise. And we'll get into Dubai. It's a little bit better. But I just don't know whose side I'm really on for this. Because, I mean, Ion went balls to the wall right away. Like, calling her out. Hashtag uh, candy, hashtag yeah. like lying, like going after her, which I thought was great. I love that her hashtags are like full sentences. One oh, of them yeah. was like hashtag stop acting like you know me. Yeah. Like that's not really the point of a hashtag. I guarantee that she is maybe the only person that's ever used that hashtag. Like, yeah, you know, when sure. you type out a hashtag at like the little number to the sides, like a million or like 500, whatever. That said one. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Or two. She's used it in a different tweet. She might have used it in the past. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really don't know which way to land on this. And we saw her, I guess, who is she friends with? She's friends with Brooks. Yeah. So I think Brooks is like one of the worst characters on Dubai. But we'll see how it ends up. I, I don't think that the way that that went through, I don't think that they're going to send her over to Dubai. Maybe they send her to OC. Maybe they do something. But they're looking for a place for Phaedra. I don't think they'll give a fuck if it's going to piss off the other girls. Like, I don't think they're concerned yeah. about them or their feelings. I think they're concerned about drama on TV. If anything, they made a worse case for themselves. That's because they're like, oh, look, immediately it costs some shit. Like, yeah. clearly this is an option. I just, I, if it happens, I just would prefer at least a little bit of Atlanta Phaedra. Because I just don't think that this, like, bringing my pastor out to sing a song and, like, say some prayers at the end of it is going to fly and make me happy as a viewer. I want her to mix it up with the other girls and, like, get into some fucking arguments. I agree. I think that... I think we're both right. I think you need a little bit of Ultimate Girls Trip Phaedra, and I think you need a little bit of Atlanta Phaedra. You need the sugar and the spice. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that. that. That's good. But since we're on the topic of Dubai, um, I don't want to dive too far into it, but um, I do want to touch on, and we talked about it a little bit before the show, but the the Sarah Brooks drama. Yeah, and essentially what happened was Brooks had Sarah over for dinner with uh, Brooks's two best friends, and Sarah said something completely mouth and foot, foot and mouth. <laughs> wow, all right. We've been in this sunroom for a long time and it's really hot. Yeah. Um so Sarah said something completely off the walls, which I, I guess if you, it depends on how you take it, but Brooks was just talking about how, you know, her childhood was a little different because her mom was very militant, very regimented in everything that they did. She didn't show a lot of emotion towards her or really like, you know, spend a lot of time with her or get close to her. And Sarah just said, you know, you, you have to break that cycle. Which in and of itself is fine, but then she went a little further to say, you need to love your son and be there for him and talk to him. And that was a little much. Yeah, see, that's where 
I'm going to play the parent card and I'm going to use it every single chance I get. But like as a parent, if you intro anything with you should, and it's in regards to my children, this is a big three. We've talked about the big three It's turned into like a big five, but don't bring the, the, don't bring the kids into it. You don't have to bring the children into it. And like I was saying, if someone tells me you should be doing X, Y, or Z with your child, immediately I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves. Don't tell me how to raise my kids. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your children. Don't fucking tell me how to raise mine. I thought that was horseshit. I thought the intro was fine. That's like a mom-to-mom moment. Like, yeah, hey, I recognize that that's how you were brought up. You should break that cycle. Like, that's a mother-to-mother moment. Would Brooks take it great? I don't know. Well, it depends because I, I think the way that Brooks was saying it was... She wasn't complaining about it, which is completely misconstrued, obviously. Sarah kind of took that as, okay, I get that. Don't be like that with your son. Then you want to show him love. I get that. That's cool. If she was just like commiserating with her and like kind of like empathizing with her, that's fine. But Brooks was not. Brooks wasn't complaining. She was just saying, this is how I was raised. And then, you know, aside, this is how I'm going to raise my son. I see no problems with this. So it was a complete miscommunication. Sarah took it too far, got broken down. She got yelled at. Brooks's best friend actually agreed with Sarah. He got yelled at as well. And it could have been left there, but it wasn't because Brooks then immediately went to, uh, she went to Lisa first. Lisa just kind of felt the same way. She's like, oh, she shouldn't be talking about how you should parent your kid. That should be it. No, she went to Nina. And then Nina was completely, I mean, she's a dud overall. She stinks. Yeah, she's flat. She brings absolutely nothing to the table. And she's part of the reason why Dubai sucks. But Nina then goes and tells Sarah, hey, Brooks is talking shit. So Sarah, instead of being like, oh, let me reach out to Brooks and be like, hey, I hope you don't feel any type of way about this. I was just saying what I was, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sorry if I overstepped. Well, you know, she's got a an honorary doctorate from some college or something. Wait, she's not an actual doctor? No, it's an honorary doctorate. Wait, how sure are you about that? Very sure. Yeah, she gets, she has an honorary doctorate, not even from a college, from some committee or group. Yeah, so I don't really know how any of that works, but I can tell you one thing. She's not a doctor. That's crazy. I had no idea. Like, Yeah, I don't know if people are do going to Does like, she introduce herself as Dr. Sarah? I hope so. God, I hope so. She has to. Oof. That's, I mean, that paints it in a different picture because she seems to speak from this place of like, hyper intellectualism where she's like a step above like, yeah she has this air about her like she's a psychiatrist and she's not so uh, I, I mean i don't know she shouldn't be speaking on it regardless even if she is it's unsolicited advice who cares but she takes it so many steps and then just goes off brooke shows up to uh, stanbury's engagement party ready to get lit and ready to yell at a bunch of people and she wants to target nina first nina wasn't having it because she's got her dad had COVID, and she was like, I, I'm just checked out. I can't be here right now. So she walks away. Brooks, still feeling like she needs to yell at people, pulls Sarah aside and goes off on Sarah. And then they just kind of like go back and forth, kind of saying the same things to each other with Sarah saying, you know what? I want you to do something for me. Shed this shell and show me the real Caroline Brooks. And Caroline Brooks says, well, Nina, I want you to do something for me. Or uh, Sarah, I want you to do something for me. Shed this shell and show me the real Sarah. They literally just went back and forth repeating each other. Yeah, and they were yelling at each other to the point where, again, we get reminded why we're in Dubai. We can't be doing this. The producer actually stops them before it gets any further and says, hey, 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 
let's calm down. And Sarah goes, what the fuck is this? And Brooks just goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's just like continuously going back and forth. And we're like, what the hell is going on? But I think that this is going to be like a fatal flaw in the show is that like we live for public outbursts. You know, they're going to get stopped by producers every time shit's hitting the fan just because they will get arrested for causing a physical or public altercation. Like that is a illegal offense in Dubai. And it's, you know, and unfortunately it's a staple for these housewife shows. I know. So if we can't get that, what are we going to get? Like We've seen Teresa throw shit across a bar, yell the C word across the bar. And not only was she not kicked out of the bar, they almost let her back upstairs to continue throwing shit mm-hmm. and yelling profanities. Like I just, I think that without the potential for that happening, it's not going to be interesting unless it does happen and one of them gets fucking arrested, like that would be entertaining. That would be be crazy television. But then you'd feel bad that someone's in jail in Dubai. Like that's not cool. No. So, I mean, I really don't know where it's going to go from here. I mean, we get into like Caroline's wedding and stuff like that, but there's really nothing else. It just seems like this is going to be the storyline that kind of drags them through the first season, which is fine. They needed something, but we'll, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. when we have these downtimes that we usually do during TV, we'll kind of check back in. If something pops off, and I mean, honestly, like if the listeners like this and the viewers like this on TikTok and they let us know, like, hey, do some more Dubai, we'll do it. We, yeah. we have no qualms with it. We'll that. do whatever you want us to. Yeah. <laughs> Men of the night. Just say, you say jump, we'll say how high, baby. Exactly. <laughs> That takes us into the heart of the episode, the heart of the South. We are in Charleston, South Carolina, baby. And um, we intro the episode. We're back with the boys. They're waking up from their big night out in the big city of Charlotte. And uh, it starts out with Shep. And he's laying in bed. And the first thing I noticed was his fucking hair was like a comb over, like a fucking schoolboy that just was like getting ready to go start his day. And that immediately bugged me. So instantly I'm in not in a good mood. Well, and you get him. He tried to call Taylor. She didn't answer. Went to voicemail. She then calls back. And the first thing he said was, I think, what did he say? It's embarrassing. Yeah. Your, your mailbox is full. You should delete that. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Which is like, and it was like a throwaway. Like, I think he was kidding. I don't really know. Honestly, That's not funny, but it is embarrassing. Oh, fuck you. Clean like, up your voicemail. I'm You're pretty an adult. sure that mine is borderline full. I don't Who leave leaves voicemail? voicemails? People. No one leaves voicemails except telemarketers and like doctors. I'll be leaving you a voicemail. I'll Real delete soon. it. I, I will not listen to it. The funny thing is I actually don't listen to the voicemails. I just do the transcribing. Yeah. And I just read it. Exactly. Like, I don't no want to hear you. So just send a fucking text message. Anyway, so Taylor's... Just checking in, like, or he was checking in with her, and she's calling back, just letting him know what's going on with little Craig and stuff. And he, she asked how his night was last night, and he goes, uh, "Girls, just surrounded by girls. You know, the, we were out with the boys, and there were just so many girls, like, waiting for her reaction after a night of her texting him a bunch, apologizing for the way that she feels because of this issue, because of something that he's done in the past, super tone deaf, and he's just an idiot with these like." Like these comments, like back off, just leave her alone. Like she had a rough night with you out and not knowing what's going on. You don't need to poke the bear. Before I get into this, because I have so many fucking things to say about this scene. I want to just say like, 
I'm starting to understand what the pull of Southern Charm is. Like, I am starting to get why people watch it. And for me, you know, I watch these shows to enjoy myself. Like, I think they're fun. I think they're funny. When this scene happened, I literally stood up and, like, grabbed my head. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was so pissed about what I was seeing that it it got me to physically move my body whilst watching television. And I had like this weird come to Jesus moment where I was like, you know what? If this show can move me to this point where I'm standing up right now yelling at my TV, like maybe it's doing something for me. Maybe. It does. It does it twice in this episode too. Yeah. So, I mean, you get a little bit of that. And again, watching the show a lot, like you, Shep is Shep. Shep gonna Shep. It's, it is what it is. If you can look at it in a different light, obviously, you know, the stigma of Taylor's relationship and like they shouldn't be in the relationship. It's fucking terrible. If you kind of if you can remove that and just kind of like laugh at some of the things that he does or at least look at it in a positive way, you'll have a more of a better time. I don't think I can like yeah. that, the whole trope like Shep going to Shep like, oh, that's just Shep. That's fucking bullshit. That's like. Well, Someone's if he was... in, that, no, you know what? That's like someone being an asshole and be like, oh, sorry. Like, I'm a Virgo. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Well, if he was single at 42, I don't think you'd be as mad about it because he wouldn't have this bad relationship where you're like, dude, stop dragging her along. Stop dragging her along. If it was just him by himself, you'd be like, look at this fucking guy with his little dog. He's 42 at the bar on a Tuesday. Yeah, like, but understand. You might laugh at some of it in whatever way you want to, a cynic way or not. It could be a little bit more enjoyable, but again, because of the Taylor thing, it's tough. And this is like my intro to him. Like I don't yeah. have a Southern Charm background, so like this is my first real experience with him, other than like some reruns here and there. But getting into this scene, like for you to sit there and make jokes at this woman after you know how insecure she is because of something that you did, this is your fault. All you have to do there is call her and say, "Hey." Last night was fun. You know, it was just me and the guys. We had a good time, whatever. Like, miss you, love you. Yeah, whatever. I fully agree with that. Like, that's, I mean, that's fucking... what he should have done because he probably wasn't apologizing the night before. No, so. and it's just like, it's a fucking joke to sit there and watch it. And then, like, I just feel bad for Taylor. Like, yeah. I feel horrible. She sits there and takes this abuse from this fucking asshole narcissist. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it physically evokes reactions <laughs> out of me now. Well, um, we can leave it for now because we do get some time apart with everything going on. And we get the boys going up to Austin's childhood home to move him out. And I thought it was it was a pretty touching scene. I think you're going to feel the same way, too. I, it's weird you say that because yeah. I've had and I am having a weird relationship with Austin. Him and I are having having some weird things going on. I was so against him and I'm still not by any means an Austin fan, nor am I sticking up for him. But I'm starting to get like all of these moments where like I'm, I feel for him. It seems like genuine, like he's being real. Like he's talking about his childhood home and how it's sad to move out. And the prospect of like, you know, this is my safe haven. Like this is where I come back to kind of feel at ease. And I was like, fuck, I feel that. Like I know when I go home, even if it's ever so brief, it's like this feeling like all your adult shit kind of like stays outside and you go inside to your childhood home. You're like, ah, oh, like you can kind of just relax, like fully relax. And like when he said that, I was like, you know what? I get that. Like that's, you might have feelings. You might be a real person, not just a fucking robot asshole. But 
then it gets into like the stuff with his sister. I had no idea. Like there's a tragic accident. She passed away and like they find her teddy bear later in the U-Haul, which was crazy and almost like symbolic of like the move. It just, that really touched me. And I was like, wow, I'm getting more of an insight, I guess, into like who Austin is or why Yeah, and that's what I was talking about leading into this was your stint with Austin has just been Southern or Southern Charm. It's just been Summer House. So you're like, who's this asshole? I'm not going to like him on Southern Charm, but you see his family. You see his actual friendship with Craig. Like you start to see these other things. You're like, all right, he is a little bit, he has some redeeming qualities. Whereas before it's like, oh, he's just a piece of shit. Like shit. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm more open to the idea of a relationship with Craig now. Fuck, I mean, Austin. There you go. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I mean, he's got a a lot of ground to make up, but I did, I, I, I felt for him this scene, but well, that's good, but we do get a little swing back to Charleston and a continuation of a storyline that I have no idea why it's still going on. I have no interest in it. It's just Vanita calls Olivia to try to set up a time and place, a meeting to then squash a beef that has been squashed and reopened and squashed and reopened. You get this whole thing where she's talking to Olivia, and right when she's talking to Olivia, Madison calls. She goes, hold on, Madison's on the other line. Talks to Madison. Madison lets her know, oh, yeah, Olivia's, like, having a party. I bet you've probably heard about that. He goes, oh, no, but I'll give you a call, like, when I'm done with everything. Goes back to Olivia. Olivia has the wherewithal to be like, oh, she just talked to Madison. She now knows about this party. And she goes, look, I'm having a party at my parents' house. It's like a cookout thing. I didn't invite you because I felt like it would have been fake of me to invite you. I appreciated that. I appreciated that in the moment. But as things unravel, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little stuck on it. But you go back and Vanita's like, oh, this is so childish. I just don't understand why this is still going on. It's What's still going, going on? It's what? still going on. Well, it's, it's just it goes back to the Naomi thing where Olivia asked Naomi, if you didn't want to be to Catherine's party, then why did you go? And Vanita jumped down her throat, then insinuated a little bit of racism, and then came out and apologized. But then opened it back up at the tea party. So like... Vanita's the reason why this is still open. It could have just ended there. You probably would have been invited to the party. Everything would have been good. At least you would have been like copacetic. No, you had to keep digging. And who knows why the fuck she kept digging and keeping this thing open. But she did. And you get back and she's like, I, I've never not been invited somewhere. I just like, don't know how to feel about this. Oh, and it's like, woe is me. enough. Like this, you're the reason why you weren't invited. You like did just look yourself, at this. Like 100%. And I, maybe she's vying for a storyline. Maybe she saw this as an opportunity uh, like, yeah. where she's like, Oh fuck. Like I should have pushed the issue more, but genuinely for somebody that does not invite drama or does not like to be part of drama, according to her, She's literally doing the exact opposite. She's forcing an issue that mm-hmm. is not there, nor do we give a fuck about. Like, I could care less about whatever's going on between them because it's not interesting to begin with. Not at all. But getting back to my boy Shep, um, we had a scene with him and his brilliant nieces where he's taking them to get ice cream and they stole the show for me. That was like, probably the highlight of Southern Charm for me thus far. Now, here's the question, because I thought that this was actually like a really nice scene, and I also thought that this showed a lot of pretty much what Shep wants, which, again, the whole tailor of it all hangs over, glooms over. All Shep really wants is just to be a fun uncle. Go see my nieces. 
hang out with my family, kind of just do once things. Once every three months, they're three and a half hours away. He's you know? not doing anything. But again, three and a half hours away, and it's he doesn't seem to leave Charleston, or maybe they go down to Florida or whatever. But they like him. I mean, they feel comfortable enough to like talk to him as if they're adults, which is probably a, a little funny. And I thought that he took it well. Like they were joking at his expense and he was cool with it and it was fun and it was a good time. I saw an entirely different scene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I watched. I fucking loved this scene because you have three children calling him out on all of his shit and they're 100% correct. Like there's one point where he's like, they tell him to repeat the word onomatopoeia, which to me implies you're too stupid to say onomatopoeia. Try it, Shep. And he says it. He's like, how do, how do you guys know all this? You're so smart. Like, yeah, because we go to school and we pay attention. He's like, well, well, honestly, onomatopoeia brings me back to Hey Arnold. When he was in a spelling bee, he had to spell that. Oh, my God. And that's I... when I learned what onomatopoeia was. I don't wow. know how old I was. But these girls aren't watching Hey Arnold right now. Maybe they are. Who knows? But I don't know any eight-year-old that would just know that offhand. What does that have to do with anything? Just wondering. <laughs> move it football head <laughs> but um oh fuck where was i um but no like watching them talk to him and i think the cherry on top of it all was one of the kids goes you could change and he's like no i can't it's too late for me to change and i was like that's the fucking problem like that's the issue right there you can change. You don't have to be this fucking man-child, like, narcissist. But again, that's what he wants. And, and again, why are you in this relationship with a girl who doesn't want that life? But that is, in a nutshell, that is Shep. That's exactly what he wants. But that, it's just, I can't imagine hearing that from children and being like, oh, I got it together, though, guys. Like, no problem. Like, you're getting called out by children. And by the way, pal... They're completely fucking right. And by the way, if they're saying all this shit, they got it from somewhere, which means that his sister or brother or whoever's children they are, are talking all kinds of shit about Shep. Well, and that is actually, that's a good segue because Taylor and Olivia are sitting down, I guess at the same time, talking about this. And Taylor even says, I just don't know what, like what happened to Shep? His sisters, he's got, he loves his nieces and nephews. He's got cousins. We see Marcy up there and like, yeah, she got pregnant a little bit later in life. and She did the same thing, but she is embracing the family life. And Taylor's like, where did Shep go wrong? Like, why is he not like the rest of his family? This is what I want. And he's talking, she's talking to Olivia about this and saying, essentially, if this were to happen again, if the cheating thing were to happen again, she kicked him to the curb. Go have fun with your miserable life. And she says these things. It hasn't. I mean, maybe it has happened yet. They alluded to it last week, but she has these feelings about it. So she's right on the brink and you got to feel so bad for her. I felt terrible during that scene because she says that where she's like, if this happened again, I'd be out. And it's like, oh, we just watched a scene last week where Austin and Craig are both like, yeah, this is a fucking fire surrounded by landmines. Mm -hmm. Like it's waiting to erupt, which implies there's a lot of other girls that he's hooked up with out there. And I think, and this is what made it so tough to watch as she's saying those things, like she has to have in the back of her head. Like, I know this is not the only time this has happened. Like there's no way that this is the only time, but she just wants to like 
will it into existence where she just speaks it and like if she says it enough it'll be true like oh it was a one-time thing and he's changed now and i oh that scene was legit tough to watch for me but it was also it was funny in a fucked up way because it's like these two women talking about like well how's your man child doing he's like oh not great how's your man child doing well he told us that we need to take it slow so it's just like oh and by the way he also won't stop talking about his ex so that sucks too well, I mean, the thing with Olivia is it's still so early on in the relationship. They've been on one real date. They went on a double date. They've seen each other a couple of times. So, I mean, I don't, you know, Taylor is way more down in the dumps with what's going oh, on. She's been sure. with Chef for a long time dealing with all this shit. So it was nice to see that Olivia wasn't like, I know how you feel. I've got my, like, she didn't do that. Olivia has some feel about her. Like she knows how to listen in a conversation she knows like when to step in when not to step in and i appreciate it for that i will say i saw a different olivia tonight like it's if you compared olivia from episode one to olivia episode what are we on six yeah Yeah. it's a different olivia i think she's starting to catch the reality tv bug where Mm -hmm. she's like starting to stir the pot she's putting some chess pieces in place to make some yeah i would agree and I think, you know, we're going to get into that in a sec, like when we get to the party, but I don't know. I, I'm, I thought I had her pegged and I don't think I do. I think that she's, she's going to surprise us a little bit. Yeah, you might be right. And it was, I mean, this was a very funny moment. We go right from that conversation, split screen, boom, over. Catherine and uh, Caleb sitting in the back of the car. Oh my God. Yeah. Like we're back together. Okay. Two days ago, we're out to dinner. Hey, I want to come home. Here's to our fresh start. <laughs> Clink. Like, I fucking love it. It was just like, all right, guess you're back together. Cool. It great. was so great. The editing was perfect. It's like we didn't need a drawn out long thing. It's almost like the relationship. It's such a shit show. Like, let's just quickly cut this thing in. Like, yeah. this is a fucking nightmare and everybody knows it. So oh, we're back together. Oh, and here they are. Like, and we're good. Yeah. And everything is all good now. I fucking love that. So we get to the party, and just before we actually get to the party, we get another scene with Taylor and Shep where they're putting on their matching outfits, and Taylor comes out with her lemon dress, and Shep goes, oh, you're a lemon. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." you know, like a lemon, like a car that doesn't work. That That you want to replace. Yeah. And she could have blown up at that and been like what the fuck does that mean yeah what? instead she had like a very nice response i don't remember she what did she say so, it was like the most adorable response she's like oh i thought you were gonna say because you wanted to squeeze me like no he's just being a fucking dick and yeah. saying really really mean things well like, and he did and this was kind of funny to me because you have that moment where he specifies what a lemon is and juxtaposes it to the dresses he then at the party is wearing the lemon, I guess, romper that you want to call it. And he walks up to somebody else and they're talking about his shirt and everything. He goes, oh yeah, look, it was Taylor's idea. We're lemons, meaning they don't work. So subconsciously, I don't know, in the forefront of his mind, who the hell knows? I think you're giving him too much credit. He's saying that we don't work together. It's not going <laughs> to work. So He's not deep enough to say that. I don't. I mean, I you kind of think that he has to because he made the point to say... You're a lemon to Taylor in the in the closet. He said it again. But his We're definition of lemon earlier wasn't that you don't work. It was that you're broken down and need to be replaced. No, he said it doesn't work anymore. Oh, did he? Yeah. 
Yeah, so speaking of that, like at the party, we all get there. Everybody's kind of grouping up. You get people walking in, Caleb and Catherine. Uh, Craig shows up looking good, looking nice. He's got a little sweater over his shoulders. I thought he looked great. Yeah. And immediately has to answer questions about what he's wearing. And Which is ridiculous why. when it's a nautical theme party and somebody shows up in a nautical theme. Then you have to answer questions about why you're dressed nautically. Yeah. I mean, I, Catherine goes, oh, yeah, look at you dressed. I forgot that you have a girlfriend that dresses you. Oh, no, that was Madison. Oh, Madison said that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Madison says that to him. And he goes, no, actually, like, I, I dress myself. I try to you know, dress well to impress my girlfriend, that which fucking, is nice. It made me so mad. And it's just such, like, a Madison moment where it's just, like, a tutu. Like, just because he's dating somebody doesn't mean that they suddenly dress him. Like, dudes know how to dress. Well, okay? who dressed her? Jessica Simpson? And then she has the audacity to say, like, oh, I do look like Jessica. Who, me? Like, someone literally says to her, oh, you look like Jessica Simpson. What? Like, you did your hair the same exact way. You went on eBay and bought the same fucking outfit. It's probably her outfit. And you're, like, taken aback by someone saying, you look like Jessica Simpson. That's exactly what you're going for. Just say that. Say, yeah, that's what I was going for. Thanks. And move the fuck on. Don't take this weird high horse, like, oh, my God. Oh, bless your heart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do agree with that. And and we do see the scene of uh, Austin's talking to Catherine when Madison arrives. And I thought the editors did him dirty because he's talking to Catherine. And as she's talking about her and Caleb getting back together, Madison enters the room. Her audio starts to fade away. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God, Austin. Like, he's probably still listening to Catherine, but they don't care. The only thing he's thinking about is Madison's walking into the room. And he's just there like nothing else matters. Well, like, in that poor guy. moment, dude, like, understand what's happening here. This guy is at a party at his girlfriend's parents' house. And his ex-girlfriend that just got engaged after they had a tumultuous relationship where she emotionally abused the man walks into her party. What the fuck? And also, I got the feeling that, like, if you're Olivia, maybe give him a heads up. Like he just spent the entire date talking about her, and this is a problem for you that you then talk to Taylor about. Give I'll give Austin a heads up. Like, hey, southern thing to do. I invited Madison. Just be aware when she gets there. If that's the southern thing to do, invite somebody you're like not on great terms with. Then why is Vanita not there? That's a good point. And that's that's that doesn't make any sense. That's a dichotomy that makes no sense to me. Where I'm like. I agree, don't have Vanita there because it would be fake if you had her there. But when you talk about having Madison there with Austin, when Austin confronts you, and you say, well, we're going to be in the same room together, i.e. we're you know on cast members on the same show, we just want things to be cool and like smoothed over and like we're going to have conversations, obviously. In that same feeling, why is Vanita not there? I, I, you can't exactly. do one without the other. Either both of them are not there or both of them are there. And she contradicts herself with Austin because she says to him, like, yeah, I want to be in the same room as her. I want to be cordial with her. I want everything to be just, like, fine. Like, it doesn't have to be a friendship, but, like, we need to be good at least at face level. But then she goes into a confessional and she's like, it's the Southern thing to do to invite her. And it doesn't – and I do think that – and this is, like, what you were getting on earlier about having two different Olivia's. This Olivia is way more conscious of reality TV. I think it was a play. I think that she realizes that Vanita's not like a big player in this show. So who cares? Let's keep that storyline going and we'll keep brewing it, whatever. But I got to have Madison there because if this thing with Austin doesn't work out, 
I still want to be relatively close to Madison and the key players in this show so that I can continue on the show. Oh, it's like a Diana Jenkins like power play move. Get close to yep. the... Ah. That's what I'm thinking anyway, because she's weighing her options here. Do I stay with Austin and be Austin's girlfriend on this show? Or if it doesn't work out, because let's face it, we've had two dates and he's talked about his ex-girlfriend the entire time. Maybe it's not going to work out. I still want to be on the show. Let me go be friends with Madison, Leva, all the other girls. And that leads me to believe, though, and again, like chess pieces being moved, and this might not be for a play against somebody else, but did she invite Madison? Was that a test? Was that her being like, can you be at a party with this chick? That's a possibility. That would make sense as to why she didn't tell Austin up front. She fucking sandbagged him out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a dick move. Yeah, that is a dick move. And that I think you might be onto something there. It could have been a test. Interesting. The most bizarre thing happened with our boy Caleb and Catherine and Naomi. Well, before we get to that, there were there's two things that I wanted to just take away from the uh the party. One was a complete throwaway by your boy Whitney when Craig walked up talking about Craig's outfit again. He goes, oh, you look very nautical. Is this more like Nantucket or the Cape? And Craig's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And he goes, more like Chad Tucket. Uh, Good one, dude. Like, uh, It's fucking painful. Yeah, it's, I don't know. In his like pinstripe suit, like, that's not very nautical. No, he looks like an asshole. Like, you dress like you live in, like, 1910 Charleston, buddy. Yes. Like, Craig looks good again. He looks good. The man dressed well for a nautical-themed party. Leave him alone. Fuck off. Let him be. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about was a realization for the boys. Oh, vindication. Here we go. Caleb's talking to Olivia's mom, and he's introducing himself, and he goes, my name's Caleb, but it's actually spelled like Schleb. He said it. He actually fucking said it. He said it out loud. I blew up. And then Olivia's mom goes and starts speaking French to him. Oh, mon dieu. And he just looks at her blankly and he goes, it, uh, it means bread in Russian. <laughs> Which makes like, it... I don't even know what the hell you just said in French. I don't speak French or Russian probably for that matter. It means bread in well, Russian. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, where are you from? He goes, Mount Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was kind of funny. And we're like, all right, Caleb's back. Like, this is great. This is fun. And then he goes up and he starts talking to Naomi. Why is he talking to you? I don't know. It was such a weird move. You've gotten in trouble previously for similar behavior. Well, he does say that in the confessional. He goes, you know, I, I'm not really about the drama, as you know. And it is really hard because Catherine doesn't want me to talk to anybody that she has problems with. And like, I talk to everybody. And my main problem is Catherine has problems with everybody. So I can't just avoid everyone at once. No. But maybe don't go up to what is right now her, like, mortal enemy. Yeah, that's, like, number one most wanted. Let alone talk about what you talked about. I couldn't believe the shit he was sharing. And, like, Naomi couldn't believe the shit he was sharing. He was, like, openly shitting on Catherine. She wasn't even really asking that many pointed questions. She was just like, no. So you and Catherine are about together. How's that going? And he's like. Fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. He said dating her is fucking nuts. And why are you dating her, buddy? And that's, I mean, that's a normal question to respond with, which Naomi did. And he just goes off about her and how, how much drama she is. And he was talking about like, look, I'm like a simple guy. I've got simple friends. 
and she starts talking to me and like i listen to her to an extent <laughs> but then after on. a while I, I turn on espn and <laughs> just zone her the fuck out man and like who are you talking to right now you're not talking to your cousin you're not talking to your mom or your friends you're talking to naomi her like arch nemesis at the moment like and and uh leva had a good point later she goes like everything to do with Catherine is everything to do with Catherine. Like she takes everything personally. Anything that you say about her gets messy. Very, very messy. Mm -hmm. Let alone all of this shit that you're saying, Caleb. And he just continues to go off. She gives him a moment and she's like, I think you should like maybe get a refill on the drink. He just follows her over and continues the conversation. He walks past Catherine and yep. says to her, what are you drinking? Like, he's like, I don't know if he, He's clearly fucked up. Like he was definitely drunk, but I don't know if this is intentional. I don't know if he's trying to be like like a little fuck you moment to her. I, I maybe it started like that, but then halfway through, or probably like ninety eight percent of the way through, he then realized that he's the one who fucked up. Yeah, he had an oh shit moment, and he went, "Ooh, I just dug a huge hole." It was it was kind of funny because um, both Catherine and Pringle were yelling to Caleb, and <laughs> Pringle yells Caleb's name and then goes. Ah, shit, you know what? I shouldn't be yelling his name. I'll let you do that. Yeah, and then he goes, you didn't hear us. I did appreciate that Pringle was sticking up for the bros right there. Just a little bit, yeah. Just like, like, oh, he, he didn't, didn't hear us. us. No, 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 he definitely didn't hear us. Yeah. And you know that he heard you, but like, that was a little like a bro moment. I was like, boy, Pringle. Yeah, just like stepping in just to give the boys a little bit of a reprieve. But he, I mean, no one could have known what he was talking about with Naomi. No, I mean, you would imagine it would be something very innocuous and very like, mellow just yep. them shooting the shit but no he's dragging his current girlfriend through the mud but then at the end of it he goes but that's my girl i know that was that like was... here's everything i hate about her then why are you still with her if it's miserable that's and, my girl and it's like i was put on this earth to like take care of her and like to make her okay or whatever the savior and, complex that's exactly what naomi said well like, yeah the savior complex exactly and like Maybe in that moment he had that was his like oh fuck, like that's my job and I am talking to Naomi about all of our problems, which, from what I've seen, dude, like lighting that match against Catherine, like she's gonna light all of your belongings on fire. Yes, I know, and it's it's crazy. And if that wasn't wild enough, he goes back to Catherine with his tail between his legs. I guess realizing what he did wrong. And she goes, well, what were you guys talking about? And he goes, she was a fucking C word. C -word. What? Then apologizes for using that word. And she goes, well, that's what she is. My head exploded. Like, I was so confused. What did Naomi confused. do during that conversation to warrant that kind of, I guess he's just like, oh, she doesn't know what we were talking about. So I'm just going to say, I was defending you. Yeah. Like, that's what? exactly like she was saying some shit. I wasn't really like into it, blah, blah, blah. She was trying to manipulate me, he said. Yeah, she, like, like manipulate? What the, in what fucking world? And then, like, flash over, like, they do the little split screen where they're going back and forth. Naomi is, like, pseudo-defending him. Like, mm -hmm. he's fucked right now. Like, he doesn't like her. Like, he wants out. Like, she's also saying that she understands, like, you know, he shouldn't be saying this shit to me. Like, if Lamar said this shit to me, I'd fucking gut him right there. Like, so she recognizes that it's fucked. But she also recognizes, like, this is a cry for help. Like, this man wants out. Meanwhile, Schleb is over there calling her a C-word. Just bashing her. It was, when I tell you 
that maybe this is what like sealed my fate as like a Southern Charm fan now. I <laughs> like once again like jumped up I didn't jump up in the air this time like I did when Shep was being a fucking prick in the beginning and but I did scoot to the edge of my seat and go, What the fuck? Like what just happened? How it, did it, it made absolutely no sense and I mean no one could have ever seen it twisting that way. But because it was a short week, um, because I took it upon myself to go on vacation, um, we don't have any questions tonight, but uh, we will get back to the questions and the Rob next week. We'll have a jam-packed episode, a super-sode, if you will. Um, <laughs> Maybe a super-schlebisode. A, a super sh I can't say that. Oh, yeah. super right. schleb. Fuck, I can't say that. super schlebis. Wow, are you good? Mm, shoot. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Super schlebisode. Jesus Christ. Um, but for the time being, that's all we got for you tonight. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, we're really, really enjoying this whole experience. It's been pretty crazy. But uh, we will be back next week with the double Rob Huh. And until then, we are out of here. The Brav Bros are out. See you guys next week. Bye.